Well, over the last few years, um, I've noticed an explosion in surprise-themed kids' toys. Uh, I guess it started way back with Kinder Surprise. I remember those uh, from when I was a kid. Uh, but now there is LOL Surprise, there is Barbie Surprise, there are mini brand Surprise, Pokemon Surprise. Everything is a surprise. And uh, the common element is this. The toys contain some unknown hidden prize within. And now part of the fun is peeling back the, the layers of plastic, uh, opening up the bags and, and seeing what you got. Uh, and in some ways, Easter is like that. Uh, of course, there is Easter egg hunts full of surprises, but, uh, but Easter itself is full of surprises uh, in this sense. At least it was full of surprises for the disciples. Uh, we read earlier how the, uh, the women went to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. Uh, they found when they arrived there that the stone had already been rolled away. And the body was gone. Instead, they were shocked to encounter uh, two angels. And the angels asked them this question, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. And then he reminds them that it, it really shouldn't have been a surprise at all, because this is something about which Jesus had already told them. Uh, numerous times he said he was going to die, and three days later he would rise. And so Easter, it seems, was a great surprise. It was the greatest surprise in this sense, that the disciples had wallowed in death and despair on Good Friday, but Easter morning blew apart their expectations. It brought them joy in the place of sorrow. And here's the point, that, uh, that the good news of Easter can do the same for us. Uh, Easter can surprise us even today. As we peel back the plastic, if you will, and unpack what Easter means, what do we find? Well, we find that Easter can bring us new life in the face of death. It can bring new hope in the place of despair. It can bring joy in a place of sadness. And to help us see that, what I want to do in the next few moments is, is take off the wrapping, so to speak. And, and with the help of 1 Peter chapter 1, I want us to begin to unpack the glorious treasure of Jesus' resurrection. I mean, we often unpack the cross, don't we? We focus on, on what the cross means. Uh, Jesus died for our sins to bring us true forgiveness. It's such amazing news. Uh, that is why the cross is the symbol of Christianity. It's, it's hanging here above my head. And yet it is an empty cross, isn't it? Uh, because Jesus isn't there. Uh, no, Jesus has died for our sins. He's, he's now raised. He's exalted. He's seated on the throne. And, uh, and what does that mean? What does the resurrection mean for you and me? What did Jesus' resurrection accomplish? Well, according to the few verses that we just read, it accomplished at least three things. Uh, here they are. It brings new life, new hope, and new joy. New life, new hope, and new joy. And so let's unpack the surprise gift of Easter in the next few moments. And let's firstly consider how Easter brings us new life. At Easter, Jesus brings new life. This is one of the central things his resurrection achieves for those of us who are Christians. I look down at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 again. At 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Well, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has caused us to be born again. Now, born again is, is an interesting phrase, isn't it? It's, it's often overused today. It can describe some sort of conversion experience, yes, but, but we kind of dilute the phrase. We speak of born-again gardeners, born-again joggers, even born-again tea drinkers. But what Peter described is something, is something far greater than that. 
Uh, he's telling us this, that because of the resurrection of, of Jesus Christ, uh, we can have a fresh start at life itself. We can be changed. Because Jesus has been raised, there is now a reset button on life. I mean, every now and again, a reset is needed, isn't it? Maybe on your cell phone or, or on your Wi-Fi router or something. And maybe you've got a, a virus. Or, or maybe has someone, someone has hacked your phone and, and has got your contacts and has texted everyone asking for eBay gift cards. That's uh, a bit of an inside joke for members of West Valley about events from earlier this week. And when that happens, you perform a reset. And, and don't you wish you could perform such a reset on life? Don't you wish you could somehow go into the settings of life and, and there was some sort of factory reset button? Uh, don't you wish that you could somehow, in some way, go back to where it all started and just start over again? You see, the truth is all of us have made a mess of life. I'm sorry if that's a, a difficult thing to hear, but none of us, not one of us, is really living life the way we were supposed to. Uh, we are loved and we were created by God. Uh, and when God made us, he made us with a very specific purpose. Uh, he made us in love to rule over his world, but to do so under him. Uh, he made us to be known by him, to know him, to be loved by him, to love him and to serve him. Uh, uh, and uh, do we do that? Is that how we live? No, from the very beginning, uh, since our first parents fell, there has been a bug, a virus, a very serious defect in humanity. We don't honor God and we don't give him thanks. Instead, we try to live life our own way without him. We make a mess. We make a mess of our lives. We're filled with shame, with guilt. We leave behind us a trail of hurt, of broken relationships. We've made a mess of society. We've made a mess of the world. For example, I was recently listening to a podcast about AI, artificial intelligence. They were discussing the fear that somehow the, the earth is at some point going to be overtaken by sentient robots. And that one of the guys on the podcast suggested it might not be such a bad thing. Uh, this is what he said. I mean, the robots couldn't do much worse than we have done, could they? The point is, life is a mess, the world is a mess. Uh, and what are we to make of this? Uh, wouldn't you just love some sort of reset well, here is the good news. That is what the resurrection of Jesus Christ means. This is the glorious surprise of his resurrection. And because Jesus has died and been raised, new life is now possible for everyone who believes. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again. You see, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, God changes us. He gives us a refresh. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, we too can be raised, even as we read in that verse in Ephesians. And not only can we be forgiven for the past, that's amazing news, but now through Jesus Christ, we can begin to live a new life, a new life lived a totally different way. We died with Jesus Christ. Our whole life died with him. And when Jesus was raised, we have now a whole new way to be human. We can be restored to live life the way it was meant to be lived, a life of honoring and praising God, a life which, in the words of, of Peter here, blesses God because of his great mercy towards us through Jesus. And if you are here today and you're a Christian, the good news is you already have that new life. In fact, this is why you're a Christian at all, because God, by his Spirit, has done this powerful work of new birth within you. You already have new life, and now he calls you to live the life he has given. 
Uh, and if you aren't a Christian, perhaps you're here visiting, then, then he can give you this new life today. And so let me invite you, come to Jesus Christ through his death and resurrection. Experience a, a factory reset on life through the Lord Jesus. Uh, this is the first great surprise of Easter. We can experience new life because of his resurrection. Uh, but secondly, part of that new life includes a new hope, a new hope. Uh, this is the second thing we see as we peel off another layer of the wrapping of Easter. Uh, what do I mean by a new hope? Well, I mean this, that because of Christ, we can look forward in the future with confidence. Uh, in Christ, we, we can ab- be absolutely certain that, that we will have an amazing future, that, that the very best is before us. I mean, consider these words again. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he's caused us to be born again to a living hope. We are born again. We have new life. And what does that new life include? Well, it includes a living hope. That is a hope that will never die. And the reason that hope will never die is this, because it rests on a resurrected person. Jesus has been raised never to die again. And so nothing, nothing on earth, nothing in heaven can stop him. Even death itself is no obstacle. And so if our hope is in him, then our hope is certain. And that is such a stark contrast, isn't it, from the the uncertainty we feel about the future today. I think of two articles I read just this last week. Both of them had real opposite opposite extremes when it, it came to addressing the future. One of those articles was incredibly optimistic. Here is the headline, Immortality Attainable by 2030. And now, isn't that good news, especially when you consider the fact that, uh, according to calculations, Social Security is going to run out about three years later. (laughs) Immortality is attainable. Uh, Are you serious? Yes. Well, how do we know this? Well, because a a 75-year-old computer scientist and and former Google engineer says so. And apparently, I quote, he has accurately prophesied technological achievements in the past. His prophecies included such things as the widespread use of laptops or the fact that an IBM computer would win over the world chess champion, Garry Kasparov. Now, that's quite impressive, but but immortality, well, that might be more of a stretch. Especially when we consider the other article that I read, which took a much bleaker tone. Uh, Even if uh, we could live forever, well, uh, this uh, article was arguing if we did, we'd all be slaves. And who would our masters be? Well, we're back to the sentient robots again, aren't we? (laughs) And all of this, I think, reveals one thing. Uh, No one really knows what to expect in the future. We can make predictions. Many predictions have been made about what would happen now, 20, 30 years ago. You read such things, and uh, they seem quite hilarious, don't they? Of course, in hindsight, some of the predictions uh, may have been so accurate and specific, we call them prophecies. But, uh, but what does the future hold? We don't really know. Uh, getting personal, what does the future hold for you, uh, for your loved ones, for your family? Uh, well, this is the point. Uh, we just don't know the details, do we? Uh, But if we're Christians, we can know one thing for sure. Uh, If you trust in Christ, the future is bright for you. Uh, He has given you new birth into a living hope, uh, which means that as Christians, you have something solid to look forward to. Uh, Immortality is indeed possible. Uh, but, But we don't have to wait to the year 2030. No, it already happened in 30 AD. This guy is 2,000 years late. 
Jesus made it possible already. Uh, Listen to how Peter describes this great future that Jesus has won uh, for those who trust in Christ. In verse 4, he calls this an inheritance, something actually that ties it to that new birth. We are now God's children. We have an inheritance. And Peter uses three words to describe that inheritance. He says it is imperishable. It's undefiled. It's unfading. Uh, What a stark contrast to any other hope. I mean, firstly, it's imperishable. It's impervious to death or corruption, uh, unlike our health, unlike our earthly bodies. Uh, We just can't sustain our bodies forever. Uh, No matter how hard we try through diets, through exercise to preserve them. Uh, What is more, this this inheritance is undefiled, uh, unlike our greatest accomplishments at work or at home. Uh, There we're constantly faced with mixed outcomes, aren't we? We're constantly driven by mixed motives. And this this great inheritance is unfading, Uh, unlike that beautiful home that you own, uh, ravaged by a brutal winter or or, or by the humid summer heat, uh, constantly needing restoration, maintenance, updating. Uh, As one author puts it, this inheritance we read about is untouched by death, unstained by evil, unimpaired by time. It is compounded by immortality, purity, and beauty. Uh, That is what Christians await. Uh, We await a perfect world, a world where everything has been restored, where everything looks and feels the way it's supposed to, Uh, because he has been raised. Uh, We can be raised to new life now, yes, that's the first point, but uh, because he has been raised, we can be sure of this, that we will face and enjoy this perfect world in the future. Uh, That is to say, part of the surprise, the treasure of Easter is new life, and it is a new hope. Uh, And you can know this, this hope yourself. In fact, if you trust in Jesus Christ, the good news is you already have this hope. Uh, You see, this hope isn't just a subjective feeling, just something that keeps you going through a difficult time. No, no, it is. It's an objective reality. In fact, even if you don't feel it, you have this hope because it's just true. Jesus Christ has been raised. It's it's a historical fact. And for those who trust in him, uh, so is their great future. And this is one of the reasons we celebrate Easter, isn't it? To remind ourselves of that. Uh, To remind ourselves that the best is yet to come for those who trust in the Lord Jesus. Uh, And if you don't trust in Jesus Christ, let me exhort you, let me encourage you to do that today. Uh, If you will, God will give you a reset on your past, yes, but he will open to you this bright and glorious future. Uh, But finally, there's a third thing we see. Uh, Thirdly and finally, not only does the resurrection of Jesus Christ mean new life and new hope, it also brings us new joy, new joy, Uh, new life in the past, uh, leading to a new hope in the future, but but also bringing new joy that infuses our present. Uh, We've been given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, And what is that hope? Well, it's this imperishable, undefiled, unfading future. Uh, but then look down at verse 6, 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 6. In this, in this great hope, you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. And now some of you, I know, have been deeply uh, grieved by trials over the last few weeks or the last months or even over the last year since we last celebrated Easter. Uh, You've suffered financial setbacks, physical setbacks. You've faced oppression, discouragement, uh, the death of those you love. Uh, And as you look at what lies ahead in this life, if you're honest with yourself, sometimes the future doesn't really look much better. 
that life can be an incredibly bumpy road. And yet, even amid that, we find here that, that, that a kind of joy is truly possible. Uh, this is one of the big surprises of Easter, that, that Jesus' resurrection brings joy. It's like this. As the stone was rolled away, what opened up was a deep wellspring of joy for those who trust in the Lord Jesus. We saw this in Habakkuk, the prophet of Habakkuk on Good Friday, if you were here. Though that prophet faced devastation and war, yet he rejoiced in the Lord. He delighted in God, his Savior. And we can have this same joy. And really, we find in Peter it comes from three things. Firstly, it stems from the promise, the promise that we have in Jesus. In this you rejoice, uh, says Peter. Well, what is this? Well, it's the hope. It's that great hope that Peter has just been describing. Uh, And this is something uh, you kids will understand. It it is not long until summer break. In fact, maybe you can tell me how many days. And so uh, this can be a source of joy. It can help you endure those last weeks of school. Uh, And where do you find joy amid that, uh, that homework, amid all the tests? Well, your mind wanders to what you're planning for the summer, doesn't it? You daydream about Dorney Park, about trips to the beach, about playing on the trampolines with your neighbor. And listen, as Christians, we can do and we should do the same. We can daydream about the hope that awaits. Can you imagine a world with no more suffering, no more pain? A world where everything has been put right, where there is no more sin or death or shame? In truth, it's quite hard to imagine that, isn't it? But let me encourage you to try it. This can be a source of joy, the promise that lies ahead. But, but Peter doesn't stop there. No, in verse 7, Peter suggests that we can find joy not only in the promise of God, but also in God's purpose. There is a purpose for our suffering. Peter assures us here that our suffering isn't just random. No, in verse 6, he tells us that as Christians, we suffer only if necessary. Of course, that phrase, if necessary, reminds us that the risen Lord Jesus Christ rules over the world. Because he's risen and exalted, nothing gets past him. Everything we face in this life is something that God himself has permitted. And God will use these things. He'll use them to refine our faith and to prepare us for eternity with him. Uh, thirdly, though, and I think this is the heart of it, this is why the resurrection is such a great surprise. You see, thirdly, what brings joy to Peter's readers isn't just the promise and the purpose God has for our pain, but, but ultimately the greatest joy is found in a person. Uh, this, uh, think for a moment about the sadness of the disciples. Think for a moment about their sadness. They had invested their lives in this man, Jesus Christ, and, and their hopes, that all of the hopes they had placed in him were dashed that first Good Friday. And what did the resurrection mean for them? It meant new life. It meant new hope. Yes, but the real joy surely was this, that the real joy, if Jesus Christ was resurrected, well, well it meant that they could now once again be with the Lord Jesus. Uh, The Jesus Christ, the the Savior, the one whom they loved, uh, is one they could walk with again. Uh, He was back, and so they could see him, they could know him, and and it's this restored relationship with Christ that truly brings the greatest joy to every Christian. Uh, Look down at verse 8. In verse 8, Peter writes the most amazing thing. He says this, though you have not seen him, you love him. 
Uh, Peter there is, is speaking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and he says this, though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And then listen to this. You rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. It's like the young couple that, that met and fell in love. Uh, and yet they only got to spend a few weeks together. Uh, he was whisked away uh, to war. Their relationship uh, was strong, and so they endured uh, through years of painful separation. Uh, for days, for months, for years, all they could do was write. And of course, uh, with every letter uh, came a sense of joy and, and anticipation and hope, even though they couldn't see each other. Uh, but can you imagine the joy when he returned and they, uh, they resumed their relationship face to face? Well, that is the joy that awaits every Christian at the return of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. And yet even now, writes Peter, this is our joy, uh, to love and to know the Lord Jesus, uh, to receive his word, really a love letter from him, and to have a living relationship with him as we respond to him in prayer and thanksgiving. As the Apostle Paul writes in Philippians, to know him, uh, to be found in him, to begin to experience the power of his resurrection. Uh, we should never forget, this is the greatest surprise of Easter. It isn't just the fact that, that we get new life and new hope and new joy. No, the greatest thing is this, uh, that we become, uh, we become the beloved of our exalted and risen Savior, the Lord Jesus. A Savior who died in our place for our sins. And a Savior who didn't stay dead. A Savior who rose from the dead, who now gives new life, who will return to judge. A Savior who is now at work in the world, bringing people to acknowledge his own amazing power and mercy. A Savior who pours out his spirit into our hearts uh, so that he is with us spiritually, even as we await his return physically. Uh, this is the treasure. This is the great prize. Uh, this is what we find when we unwrap the meaning of Easter. And so as we close, let me ask you this. Let me ask you to consider where you stand in relation to the Lord Jesus. Uh, whether you're here this morning for the first time or perhaps the 500th time, uh, I want you to ask yourself, have I personally experienced the reality of Easter? Uh, have you unwrapped this for yourself I mean, Jesus is the risen Lord. We celebrate that. Uh, but do you know this new life, this new hope, this new joy that his resurrection brings us? Uh, he is here even now, dwelling amongst us by his spirit. And if you believe in him, if you trust in him, uh, he will give you this life, this hope, this joy. Uh, he wants to surprise you this Easter. In fact, maybe today is the day when you will experience that new life. Uh, whether you're, when your life will be infused with new hope for the future. Uh, where even as I'm speaking, you're beginning to feel sorrow melt and be replaced with a sense of joy. Joy that you can't explain. Maybe today is a day you want to become a Christian. What, what better day than on Easter Sunday? Uh, and if so, then let me encourage you to speak uh, to the person who invited you, to the person who brought you uh, to our service this morning. Uh, and if no one brought you, then come and find me after the service. I would love uh, to spend some time and speak with you. Or if perhaps you aren't ready for that, let me invite you to come back next week. I already mentioned, uh, next week we're going to be starting this course together, Christianity Explored. Uh, come back next week at 9 o'clock. Head downstairs into the fellowship hall. 
It's going to be a short seven-week course, and it does what it says on the can. It's Christianity Explored. Not only is it a, a chance to discover the truth of Jesus Christ from the Gospel of Mark, but it's also a chance to ask any and every question. But no matter where you stand, old Christian, new Christian, not yet Christian, let's pray for one another. Let's ask that God would surprise each of us with new life, with new hope, with new joy, all because of the power of Jesus Christ's resurrection. And let's bow our heads and pray, shall we? Let's pray. Um, Father God, we thank you. Uh, we praise you for your great mercy that you've caused us to be born again into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Uh, Lord, we thank you that it's possible to experience a, a refresh on life through Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you for the great and glorious future that, that awaits us. And we thank you that even now, as we face the trials of this life, we can do so with joy. And because of your promise, because of your purpose, but ultimately because of the person, Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, uh, thank you that we can know him and be known by him. And so, Lord, we pray that you would work in each of our hearts, that you would give us that, that new life, that new, uh, that new hope, that new joy, even uh, for some of us. Uh, help us experience that for the very first time this morning. And we pray all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.